let's jump into The Last of Us. The season finale just dropped as we are recording this uh, a couple of days ago. And B-Rose, you told us how excited you are on the show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you start us off on how you feel a few days after that season finale. So we watched it night of, obviously. Um, and I've watched it twice since then. Um, I really think, I mean, I know that a lot of people are being kind of, you know, just overly praising it. Um, but I really do think, I think this is going to end up being the best show of the year. And honestly, it's probably going to be, if they can continue this further, it's probably going to be a top 10 show for me all time. Um, wow, just okay. because um, it really, I had high expectations, which I try to avoid because usually when you have those high expectations, it usually never fulfills that. Um, so I was really cautious, but it's still The Last of Us, and I couldn't help but get excited about it. Um, and the show just blew it away. I mean, it was c- cinematic, right? Which is really important for that small screen experience to feel like this could be a movie. So it has that. Uh, it had the benefit of right after that. I think people were nervous because there's people who didn't play the game that still know that there was only two shows. I mean, two games, and then you're like, okay, so was this one whole game and then the next <laughs> season is just going to be the next game? And I don't know if that's true or not, but you played the game and then they announced that they're going to find a way to break game number two into two seasons to get at least three seasons. So how many seasons can they get out of this content? I mean, so there is the second game and, and they've said, you know, with the second game, it's not just going to be one season. It's most likely going to be two. It could even be three. They really have the ability to stretch it. They want to with how dense the story for part two is. Um, and honestly, I've said it before and they haven't really said anything concrete. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, pull a little ace out of their sleeve and next season doesn't even deal with the second game. If they do an in-between because there is a time jump in between the two games um, and people have been freaking out about, you know, with Bella Ramsey being so young, can she play someone that old since she still looks so young? And so doing, I, I still think doing a second season that kind of fills in the gaps between that five-year period would be a smart thing to do, um, but I don't know what they're going to do. But the, the Last of Us Part Two is such a dense game that they can easily pull a couple of seasons, if not more, out of that because you can, there's so much story, there's so much meat on the bone that they can keep going back to, especially if it's well done and everything from this season has kind of shown that they took a large game because the first, the first game is fairly long and there's a lot of stuff that they left out, but they knew the important moments they had to have. And they even filled it in, but they filled in, you know, the episode with Riley is a DLC for the first game. So it's not even part of the main campaign oh, of the first game. Yeah, and the, is that the mall episode? Yeah. yeah. And so that's a whole separate DLC that they did for the game. And they brought it into an episode. There's a lot of things that they brought in that weren't in the games, like, learning about Ellie's mother and stuff like that. And so they've shown that they're adept at basically stretching or condensing how they need to. So I have no problem with them making more than one season out of the second game, but just because of how much is in it. Is in there. But uh, Mario, you want to throw the spoiler warning up there? Cause I got to ask, I got to ask B Rose something that's really important. <clears throat> There's that. Okay. Spoiler you're clear. Warning. We are clear. So internet where you're, we're clear now. So, it was a big news was they never announced how she became immune to the cordyceps in the game, but they did in the show. They gave her the blade effect, right? She was giving birth and she, they were fighting. So that's completely new to the game as well. Right. Did they, was that never announced in either game? 
not really. Um, at least not that I remember ever seeing. It's it, that was one of the nice things is that I liked about the show is them kind of filling in some of the empty gaps um, with the, in regards to things like that, and also like to how Marlene knows Ellie because it's it's a little different than it is in the game, um, and so. I'm interested to see how they're going to take that with the whole... Because that's one of the... You've watched the show, right? Okay, so spoiler alert for everybody. That was one of my big... uh, Not really a point of contention, but something I've been discussing with a lot of people is, you know, the idea that the, the cure that they're going to do is she was infected upon when she was being born and that she basically has a form of cordyceps inside her that makes her where the other cordyceps don't recognize her. Yeah. But we also, and that's kind of the, the logistic of why they're going to perform this surgery and, and essentially kill her is because that's a, a likely way of, of possibly building the, the antibodies for the, for the f- infection. And so, but we watched in episode two when Joel, Tess and Ellie go up into the, the museum and they're attacked by the first, the first time we see the clickers we see that clicker go after Ellie. It right. lunges after her and it bites her because they even so they show that you know if it had to be someone at least it was me because she got bit. So I'm not even 100 percent sold on that being oh, what's keeping her immune. So I'm hoping that they'll elaborate on that more, but we don't even know that for 100 percent sure. We're just that's what we're being told by Marlene by her doctor, and they don't even know that it's that that's just their kind of oh i see what you're saying what so that could be a swerve it could be a swerve because they they don't know what's happened they haven't seen the journey that joel and ellie <coughs> went on and so they don't have all that background information and possibly they could have if they hadn't just knocked joel out and shoved her into surgery man can you imagine then you find out a couple seasons later and that'll justify joel's reaction of like basically taking everybody out to save her if they were going to do this and then they were wrong like somehow you find out along the way, no, they were wrong. You didn't have to cut in your brain. They could be like bones and butchers. Well, like we're always looking to cut or cut into her brain. Brian, you played the game, right? So can I ask a question? Was the scene of Ellie uh, trying to mix her blood with the kid's blood uh, also in the game? Um, not that I remember. It, it, that's the only. That's the only issue I've had with the show is that. It's been so long since I've played the first game yeah. um, that I was trying to go back through and remember. I do, she does it, if she does do it, it, she doesn't do it that way. The whole um, her revealing herself to be immune to Sam does not happen in the game, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of like a different change that they made. Gotcha. Um, someone else made say that I was wrong. I think um, what I what I like. I watched the finale and all the episodes. Um, I think the whole thing was really good overall. I liked it a lot. It's great. And I think, but I think it suffers from people, people kind of knowing the story. I, I, I don't have like the most unobscured view of it because I just, I could help myself. I looked up the cutscenes <laughs> after the first, after the pilot, I watched the cutscenes to know what's going on. Just, I want, and I thought it was great. And I think kind of like maybe I, I, I spoiled it for myself, but I wonder what the person, the average person who didn't bother to look up the game or didn't care really felt about it, you know? And I think, I feel just uh, the point I was going to make was when she tries to mix her blood with the kid, it just that's the payoff at the end when it's not uh, when they're going to do surgery on her and she's going to die because it's like she thought it was so simple. It was just going to be, oh, I'm going to 
mix my blood with some fucking whatever, put it in a bowl some boiling water, give it to folks, and that'll be a cure. And he's like, no, we're going to cut your head open and eat your brain. Yeah. And that's also the, for, the her being a 14-year-old girl not knowing. I mean, she doesn't. She's been in a school that's been run by Fedra. It's not like they're teaching the same things that they teach us, you know, right. in an alternate reality like this. And so, you know, both her and Joel really have no idea um, what getting this cure is going to be. Because if you think about it, you know, in the beginning, he doesn't really care about her. But he slowly, you know, throughout the season starts opening up and starting starts caring for her. But if at any moment he rationally thought, oh, they're going to cut into her and kill her to find this cure there's he they never would have made it there he would have found some way up we, we can't go any further this is as far as we can go kind of thing yeah so neither one of them really understand um what's going to happen for different reasons and so you know, I, I, that's why whenever she tried mixing her blood with sam's it's kind of a you know you get it you that's at at 14 years old that's a logical thing yes. to think that you might be able to as long as you mix the blood that could work and i think that was one of the interesting things too and they no, we need your brain and we need to cut your brain out exactly like i'm uh, part of me would be like uh do you not want to run some blood work first or you know <laughs> exactly. try you some know tests. maybe try some skin grafts or something it's like, like that dan o'bannon was coming up with ideas over there exactly and so like <laughs> no we need your entire brain that's why i'm interested to see how if they if they do address it or if they don't how they'll address what exactly it is or if they'll just leave it ambiguous to where you don't ever find out <laughs> I I think you're right. I think the swerve is going to be more important because we, I remember when you were pitching us this show and you were talking about how much Joel was caring for Ellie and every episode I was watching I was like man, I don't I maybe Brian miss maybe it's different in the game cuz that doesn't seem like he cares. And man, it was just like a slow clicking roller coaster and then it hit that top and hitting that top was the weird pedophilia cannibal and when he called it <laughs> baby girl and then that was it and then you saw that like all of a sudden he has a reason to live again and then you find out about the suicide attempt but then yeah he cared for her a lot because he yeah, basically and I think wiped everybody out and that's what i'm saying i think the writing on the show is really good and i think it's a little bit obscured by the fact that everybody kind of knows the story so I think you're right. Like later, after we've kind of like looked back on it, we're gonna be like, "Oh, that's really good." Like the writing is really good on this show, and they did a good job of really sowing some seeds for the changes that they made um, in the game and whatnot. Um, you know, part of the thing with the game and the show as well too is it's a it's a slow build, and you you see these moments start chipping away. And really, what does it? it, it they say in the show that it wasn't time, um, and it's not time that basically allowed him to you know, be oh, in that, that way with strong. her. That it's a, strong. it's a, ma it's a matter of the time, but it's more the, ex the journey they've had. It's the constant him saving her and then her saving him. Right. That softens those cracks a little bit. And that's what allows him to kind of get to that moment to where he can really feel that way for her. Um, instead of seeing more of it, cause you see it in, I think it's episode six when they go into the city, you can see the kind of respect that he had for her when she was willing to kill the person that was trying to attack him. Uh, even though he felt bad that she had to do it, you can kind of see that. But it doesn't. I think once it, you see that, and then the mixture of what happens in episode eight, you really see the the emotional attachment that he's basically developed for her. I think it it reminded me of the uh, the the end of Pretty Woman. She saved them right back. <laughs> you know, they saved each other. They legit saved each other, not only physically many times, but emotionally because she was. 
I mean, she's just a fourteen-year-old girl, and she it, clearly she had to take out Riley in the mall. Like they didn't go mind. She it, she had to have that moment where she had to do her friend in, and he lost his daughter. They, I mean, so they're both really, really damaged, like and that, really damaged. And that's an, an interesting departure they did for the show as well, too, because with episode eight specifically. Um, you know, I knew it was coming, so I knew what was about to happen. Um, they do go a little bit farther in the show than they did in the game. It's, it doesn't play out exactly like that. Um, but one of the things I really enjoyed, even though it's awful for the character, is that in the game, Joel comes in at the very end to kind of help out. And in the show, it's just her. She saves herself um, and, you know, kills David. And, that, and it's all 100%. And then she doesn't even see Joel until she gets out. And so I thought that was a really nice way of, while traumatizing her even further, it gives her some kind of power over that in terms of, um, you know, I mean, she still we're, we still see her dealing with the trauma of that, but I thought the fact of them letting her take that moment over, back over and have the power to basically kill him that way and not have to be quote-unquote saved, um, well, right. I think it was a strong choice for her, and I think that as you see her progress, especially in the game, you see that kind of, while she still deals with the various traumas, she, she also has an inner strength. And they've kind of built it throughout the season, but that strength just keeps building and she becomes a much more powerful character as well, too. Man, and I tell you what, and I think a lot of that has to do with the magic of finding a showrunner that cares so much about the show, but then having the actual game creator there hand in hand just is what made that magic. There was no, they didn't have to fill in the gaps. There was no super three Superman three moments of like, let's throw tar in it. Let's see what happens. And you're going to get something (laughs) completely different. You have both of the chefs there protecting the show. You got a dream. You got to protect it. They protected the show and we get to reap the benefits of it. And then just the, even the little things like Ashley Johnson, basically, being the voice of Ellie in the game, right? But then being the mom of Ellie in the show, I like the whole symbolism of her birthing Ellie into both entertainment, you know, worlds in some way, shape, or form. Those little things went so far for... I love it when a show rewards its viewers, but it over-rewards the passionate fans who've been there even before there was a show. And I felt like they did a great job with that. And I think that the nice thing that happened, like having Neil Druckmann there on board, you know, <clears throat> as the main creative director for the game, but also not having the ego of this is my game, you're going to shoot it my way, this is what's going to be oh, in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I agree. He had someone that he trusted who trusted him, and they were able to do this show together to where they weren't beholden to we have to do it exactly the same. We can make changes. We can switch and we can turn and we can... <clears throat> make some changes that are going to service the story. And you have the person who kind of is behind the story there with you the whole way. So you can kind of say like, this is going to work. This doesn't. And then having us another showrunner like Craig Mason to where, who not only is he a fan of the game, but he just loves the story to begin with and has that kind of reverence for certain aspects of it and can push back and say, this was great in the game, but I think we can make this a little bit better or we can do this differently. And it'll give us a different result that we weren't expecting and then you have Neil saying, you know what, let's, let's do that because it's interesting and it, he doesn't want to make a carbon copy. He doesn't want to just make the game live action. Right. He wants to tell the same story in a new medium and you can bring in new things and take out things to kind of make it different yet still the same. Right, because the Nick Offerman, uh, the Bill character, 
you don't ever see him in the game like we saw him in the show, right? Not in the same way. Bill is the is a character in the game, so it's essentially the same thing. He's they go to him in the game. They go to him to basically get car parts so they can get a vehicle, and he's basically it's a small little campaign quest that you do to go retrieve these car parts and you fight off infected and things like that. And then towards the very end, you come across the body of Frank, who's hung himself. And he basically just says, that was my partner. That was the person I cared about, things like that. And that's really all it is. We never meet Frank. We never see him. And we never get that story, which is why episode three was so fantastic. Um, but that's something that they were able to create strictly for the show. And I think it's probably, it's still probably my favorite episode of the show. Oh, yeah. That's the one that I think everybody was talking about for, for a long time after that. What uh, I'm going to ask you both this. You know, and last time, uh, Brian, you were on here, we were, you know, comparing this to The Walking Dead. Isn't this show feel a little bit more gross? Is this one a little bit more gross? Like, what's more gross, old rotting blood or fungus is coming out of your mouth? I think fungus is coming out of your mouth is pretty gross. It's pretty gnarly, I think it's right? one of the grosser concepts, you know? Because <laughs> a zombie just bites you and you get sick and you die. This is like athlete's foot shoots into your mouth <laughs> and you turn into athlete's foot. Right? I mean, that's grosser. <laughs> it feels grosser, right? Yeah. I think part of the thing, too, is, you know, with Walking Dead, there's a big difference between zombies and these infected. Everyone's calling it a zombie show, which I'm, I'm not going to... No complain about that but it's not they're not because when you die you're dead in the game that's why yeah. the infected don't go after dead bodies and it's why we see them kill people in that episode with frank and and bill they kill people because infected people dead people can't turn infected yeah and so with walking dead you're looking at strictly zombies which are dead people who've come back so i think there's a bit of a dissociation with i'm okay killing people because they're already dead it's why zombie games are so much fun because you're just mowing down Right. These NPCs that are coming at you. And you know what? And just another side point. The, one of the things about zombie uh, movies and games that makes it attractive is the, you know, looting stores and stuff. And it's just, that's that's like the genesis of the zombie fantasy is, just, oh, the mall's abandoned and we're going to take it over. <laughs> this is like, no, it's 20 years later. The mall's been raided. It's empty. We're out of stuff. There's nothing. There's nothing to loot. You know what I mean? Except yeah. for Victoria's all, Secret. Yeah, all, all there is is what there is. <laughs> the, I mean, the writing is so good. Like that one part where uh, Pedro Pascal is like, um, he's getting that one guy painkillers. And he's like, I need the Ziploc bag back. It's like, man, you got to save your Ziplocs in this world. Yeah. You can't loot the Walgreens and get all the Ziplocs in the world. <laughs> a shopping cart full of Ziplocs as you run out, right? Everything's a resource. <laughs> Everything's a resource. So it's like, it's a, it's, I understand the folks that say it feels like a zombie show because it does. But it's like if The Walking Dead ran for 20 seasons, this is where they'd be. Well, there's a nice moment, too, where even Ellie, uh, in that second episode, she when she's talking to Pedro and she basically says, you know, does it bother you knowing that they were people once? And he kind of just blows it off. Um, I think that's one of the big things is that we're dealing with the infected and they're not quote unquote dead. They are still a, a, a large remnant of the person they were, which is why we still see like the faces and whatnot. And so essentially you're basically just killing someone that is still alive versus a zombie where you're kind of killing something dead. So I think that's a big, um, a big difference that kind of makes the show set aside is you're not just mowing down random things. Like we can still see the humanity a little bit inside some of these people. Yeah. The, yeah. And there was a few of those moments, right. When they tried to stop, uh, 
what's his name? Sam's dad or no brother, brother, Henry. His brother. Yeah. It, he was trying to stop him from killing kill himself or when they had to decide, you know, Ellie's mom, you know, she's like, you have to kill me. And she's like, I can't kill. Can you imagine like that struggle at that moment? It feels like so hopeless, but at the same time, you got to be the one to do it. Like that's not going to be easy, you know? And, and I think that was like when, when walking dead was at its best, it was those struggles, right? You know, even though it became a meme, you know, knowing that Carl had to take out his mom, just packed a lot of punch. Carl, 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 Carl taking out his brother, you know, or Daryl taking out his brother. There's just that pack. So, and I feel like this is early walking dead. That's the only comparison (laughs) just because it's such a big zeitgeist show, but I don't know. These don't, they don't feel like zombies to me. They feel grosser. (laughs) They feel like some weird super Mario brother mushroom attack. Well, the big thing too, when we, when we watch walking dead, we learn early on that, you know, we all have, the, and I want to call it infection, but we're all going to turn into zombies when we die. We learned that in early on in the show that everybody, yeah, season, yeah. everybody basically has what it is that turns you into a zombie and there's no going back from that. So once you die, you're going to turn. And then throughout the show, it's only that there's no, like, if you get bit, you're automatically going to turn. You have to actually physically die. So if you get attacked by a zombie, you know, even if you get, you know, stabbed or something like that, you're not going to quote-unquote turn until you physically die from it whereas this you are as soon as you're bitten doesn't matter you're going to die it's just a matter of time yeah and so that i think that's a big difference too is there's more of an immediacy with stuff like that right what do you think but the people don't even actually die right they remain alive kind of exactly you're basically the you just speak you just you're uh the host took over, over your brain the host right? takes over like and that's the, why like the borg but it's athlete's foot yeah <laughs> And that's why she says kill me because she doesn't want she doesn't want that to happen to her. She knows what's coming. The worst case of athlete's foot. She's Imagine ever if athlete's foot is what, you know, uh, collapse society. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's ter- pretty that's a terrifying feeling to think that you are somewhere in there no longer you're no longer piloting your own vessel but you are watching it all go down rather than you're like okay, I'm dead. It's just an animated meat versus you still being a part of this somehow, that's got to be rough. <laughs> what do, uh, yeah, and, and I remember us talking about this and it felt like a hit before it was even a hit. So we're, it's confirmed hit. You know, they're going to, HBO is going to figure out a way to keep it going, maybe even beyond the game. So what do you, what do you think is going to be next for season two? I mean, honestly, it's really kind of, it's up in the air. I personally, I want to see more, like I said earlier, I want to see more of what happens in between the two games um, because five years is a long time. Yeah. And, and both of the characters are in a are in a very different place in the second game. And so you get to see a little bit of it throughout the game of what led them to that, but you don't really get to spend a lot of time in that kind of era. And so I would like to see that part happening finding out what happened in those five years um because there's lots of the nice thing about it is you can really do what you want with this show like you have this really nice built world and granted you have a story that you're working towards with part two but you can build a season with characters we haven't seen yet um dealing with other issues that are going to happen in this kind of world um i don't know if they're going to do that because then you're going to have a lot of people who are just waiting for you to get to the second game basically that's very much true, and that's what I was thinking. They had a lot of characters 
that I was actually surprised they were only like there for one week. Like you didn't see their entire story. I really thought with the the Graham Green when it, like his you only like I was like oh they got Graham Green and he was only in like one section of the show. Yeah. But like how did like what was going on that with that whole side quest, right? There's tons of side quests that they have in there. The whole pedo cannibals. Like how did they get to that point? Right? There's just I don't know. I think you you're you're absolutely right. There's some flexibility cuz these were pretty big time jumps, right? Between each episode, this wasn't like okay, the next day, the next week. Was there a couple spots that it was it's been months? They did well, yeah, walk the, across uh, yeah, the country. Yeah, I think the whole show is a year, isn't it? Well, like the last two episodes specifically when we go from uh well, I mean, I think it's probably it's not the last two, but we go from the time jump between when they are Bill and Franks and then we go into the winter. So there's like a three months later time jump. And then they don't specify the jump in between the final episode, but when we leave uh, you know, the cannibal cult, we have it's winter. And then when they move on, when we catch back up, it's spring. So some time has passed. We don't know if it's a month or how long it is. Um, but when you're playing the game, it's a lot more gradual just because you've got a, you know, a 40 to 60 hour experience that you're doing. So you can kind of show that progression of time a little more smoothly. Um, so that, that was, it was, it wasn't really necessarily jarring. I got why they did it. Um, that's just one of the unfortunate things I think you have when you have a streaming show as opposed to like a network show like Walking Dead where you have 22 episodes or yeah. I guess Walking Dead was still cable, so it didn't have as many. But when you have a show that has you have to stretch can it. do 15 to 20 episodes versus doing 9 or 10, you kind of have to make some of those kind of concessions with the time like that. And it, I, there was a, honestly, there was a part of me, and I was, I was okay with those time jumps. But did that feel like a season finale to you, that ending? It felt very, like, the whole hospital stuff, but then the, the way they ended it after us, it just felt like, Season two has to kick right off from there. Just like, tell me, and he lied to her, right? That was the whole thing. Like, no, don't, nope, don't worry about it. And then it just ended. Like, that didn't feel like the finale. Like, I'm ready for more immediately. So I'm hoping that's where season two, there's not going to be too big of a time jump there. That would be my hope. Um, But also it's because it's being selfish. I want to see more of the story. I want more seasons. So I'm hoping that they wouldn't go directly into season two, but if they do, I'm not going to complain because right. it's still going to be fantastic. And I'm saying that as someone who knows what's coming and can't wait because I, I love watching people's reactions. And like, you know, my wife and I played this game. Um, my coworker had played this game, but I know I've talked to quite a few people who haven't played the game. And so it's been kind of fun getting their reactions and seeing stuff like that. And so knowing what's coming as well too, I'm just kind of like, kid in the candy shop just because I, I'm like oh it's because because I remember what it was like playing through the game and experiencing that for myself and so it's always nice to kind of see someone else share your happiness or more appropriately share your pain or fear and things like that yeah I there was a couple of happy moments in there for a downer show there was those giraffes were not our work those were legit giraffes yeah and shoot hands, giraffes. hands down giraffe. that was the one scene I was like they have to show it because it's the it's one of the most beautiful parts of the game, yeah. And it happens around the same time. You get this moment of just serenity, and I was like, if they don't show the giraffes in this show, I swear I was going to be furious. And so once they announced it was coming, I was just like, thank, I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> and so when they showed it, I loved how they built up to it, and you could see like the the shadow across the window of its neck going by, and I was just like, yes, here we are. <laughs> yeah, that was very cool. That was very there was very fun to watch. 
And the other one may have just been me, but the, again, going back to the cannibal cult inside, was that like a 70s Pizza Hut? Did it make you miss when Pizza Hut used to be fancy? Remember when Pizza Hut used to spoil us? Have all the wood paneling inside? Yeah, wood paneling, red velvet napkins, deep dish pizza. That's what it, it felt like an old Pizza Hut to me, but they were eating, apparently, not venison. Well, it's just, it was not venison. Homemade pizza. Homemade pizza. And there was just something about the way those plates were clinking afterwards, and then you find out what they were actually eating. I did not see that one coming. That, to me, that was probably... The biggest surprise of, and I didn't play the game, and there were some cool surprises, you know, just for a show, but that was two big whoppers in one episode, man. Well, it was it was a nice, uh, playing the game, I knew it was coming, and I didn't really think they were going to change that, because it is kind of a, it's an interesting choice, and it's very, it's something that's very, everyone knows about the game. And so what I actually loved those moments, like the clinking plates of how they're making it. It's so uncomfortable and you don't know why. And so I, I thought that was a really wise choice of them sowing those kind of seeds and just sitting there like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. I can't wait for this to happen. Because um, I had a few people as well who were like, I didn't expect that, especially because you see it as more like a, not as much of a cult, but just kind of like a, a heavily religious group and seeing that extreme that they've taken it to and... Them even trying to rationalize it too, like well, he's like, "What am I? What am I going to do? Let these people starve when we have these dead bodies and stuff?" Yeah. Um, but then you realize, like, well, maybe they weren't dead. Maybe they had to be made dead right. to do that. Yeah, they, they didn't die of natural causes. That yeah. was yeah. That they was, were made dead. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty par- powerful. Mario, what was your what's your final thoughts before we jump uh, on that finale and the show as a whole? I think it's fine. It's good. I think it's going to be better when we revisit it. I think it's it came in with a lot of hype, a lot of criticism, uh, a lot of judgment. <clears throat> but I think Craig Mason is a really good writer. And like certain things about the show, just as I think about them now that it's over, they kind of connect now. And I think it's going to it's gonna age well. I think it's going to age really well. The uh, this era, Pedro Pascal era we're in <laughs> should. I don't think I don't think it's ever going to really feel dated. I'd like to see. You know, these shows can't go on forever and they don't. Usually, the when they try to stretch them, they're not going to work. I think a, a six season, if they can find a way to get six seasons out of two games, we're going to win. I mean, that's going to stay really, really strong. I don't know, B Rose, what are you thinking? Like, you, what what do you think is the perfect ending point season wise for this show? Not that we already want to talk about its ending just in the beginning, but. Well, I think it's going to depend on a couple of things. One, and they'll they'll never say anything until they're ready to. But no. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that there's not a third game coming. Um, oh. As well as there, there was a big controversy around the second game with leaks happening and things like that, and some people not happy with the direction the game took. Um, but the game, the second game, is open ended open ended at the very end, um, so they could very easily pull a third game if they wanted to. And it really just kind of depends on if they have the story. Because I don't think they, they would... They're not really a studio that's known for just doing it for the money. Yeah. Um, so I think if they if they have a story, I mean, they would obviously already be working on it. Um, so if we get a third game, then there's definitely more seasons. If they're just going to call it with the two games and done, I think you could realistically get two or three seasons out of it, depending on how the way you take it, because there's it's just, it's such a dense story. 
Um, but I'd be fine with it capping out at, at a fourth season. Like doing a fourth season and that'd be the end if that's it. That would be I'd it. be happy with that. I'd be happy with three. I'm honestly just happy we get the show. Yeah. So anything we get extra. I'm, I am glad that they we're doing more than one season for the second game. Um, but I'm not going to be picky about what I get. Yeah.